Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> Damn it, Somebody tell him he's a rookie. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Jesse Cass and Alex Acker back with you here. I mean, act back from vacation. Alex, uh, what's going on? How was the vacay? Man, it's awesome, man. I look a little bit golden with this tan <laughs> right now out here. I get this Italian sun. Soaking it up, man. These rays are doing your man justice right now. So I'm looking good right now. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I can't imagine a better place to be, you know, kicking back for some, some playoff basketball now than to be, like you said, soaking in the rays. So, uh, you know, a little bit jealous over here. <laughs> no problem, yeah. <laughs> I'll save some for you, man. All right, yeah. <laughs> really locked into what's going on. Saw a lot of highlights, and Instagram's doing an excellent job of keeping me updated. So I'm pretty much locked into the game for sure. <laughs> yeah, and as we sit now, you know, we're recording this here on a Saturday in between games three and four. Two-one uh, lead for the Clippers now, bouncing back with a game three win, one thirty to one twenty-two. Uh, so before we we dive into Game Three in particular, just what are your impressions of the series so far? Obviously, the Clippers, you know, taking Game One, losing Game Two, bouncing back in Game Three. Uh, just what have you seen from them thus far that uh, that has stood out to you? Man, it's been going neck and neck for sure. Uh, we talked about it earlier how dominant these guys are uh, with the ball on the offensive end and, and fast break and transition and stuff like that, and uh, shooting it from the stars. You know what I mean? These guys put up a high velocity of points and um it's unmatchable sometimes um the the speed that they go at and the pace that they go at you know and um i think a better chance than any would be the los angeles clippers to um give them a a run for their money for sure yeah and obviously the clippers you know the favorite team in this we know dallas has had a historic offense we've seen that on display and you know it's been it's been entertaining and i thought that in game three in particular, was really the first game that we saw the Clippers kind of look like what we really expect them to be. You know, we saw it in, in spurts in games one and two, but, yeah. but really in game three, I thought they imposed their will defensively from the beginning. Obviously still a high-scoring game, but a much stronger effort defensively. And and really, attention detail focus, you could tell, was at another level for them compared to what we saw in the first two games. Yeah, for sure. They were attack mode, for sure. Um, They're going at their chest, you know what I mean? They know these guys are shooters, and from my understanding that I've I've played the game for a long, high level, the shooters tend to not want to get touched, you know what I mean? They don't want to get bodied, they don't want to get touched, coming off screens, they want to have their feet set, knocking down shots, so it goes hand-in-hand on defense as well, like... They don't want to get, you know, hitting their chest. So they're kind of giving up their shoulders, trying to play defense, and that's not working because they're getting bumped off the position uh, from Porzingis. You know, he's playing the five position on the other end of the floor, and it's not working. He's got to come out and guard these guys, and they're going right at him. You know what I mean? It's, it's breakfast lot on the line. So it's, it's, it's helping for, for the Clippers right now, and 
I see that Dallas is trying to make a transition, especially in the fourth quarter. They were trying to go zone, and it didn't help. You know, it was too late at that time. Yeah, and I think that's that's got to be the thing that, that stands out the most. You know, obviously we said defense is key for this Clippers team, especially against such a good offensive team in Dallas. But, you know, you look at the other end where uh, there's really no answer. I'm, and I'm not sure a lot of teams have answers, but Dallas definitely has no answer for Kawhi Leonard, who has been just on another oh level gosh. completely. You know, he's had back-to-back games of, you know, 35 and 36 points, getting to his spots at will, you know, playing at his pace uh, despite everything going around, going on around him, and he has just been dominant uh, in this first couple of games. For sure, yeah. And the best thing about Kawhi is that he gets to the free throw line. You know what I mean? So he's putting the other people in in defensive situations where they're going to be in foul trouble. You know what I mean? So he's going at your big, he's going at your guard, he's posting guys up, and he's getting to his spots. You know, so that's where he's comfortable at, and he has the loss trait of basketball that he perfects very well is that 15-foot mid-range game, you know what I mean? So when he gets to those spots and executes at a high level, it's lights out for sure. And it's just really amazing to watch because, you know, obviously, we said Dallas, you know, they got a couple wing defenders, but they're a little too small for Kawhi. They've been going with Maxi Kleba, who has actually done, you know, a decent job. He's He's taller than Kawhi, but even with that, Kawhi's just so much stronger. He can back him down to work his spot, get there, like you said, get in the mid-range and just kind of do his work regardless of who's guarding him. And over and over and over again, he's not only scoring but also setting up his teammates. Uh, you know, whenever they come with help, he's making the right play every single time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, he, and he's patient. Um, guy at that size, you know, you would think he would play with one attribute as far as putting his head down and just running over people. But he, he shoots at a high level, so it's like, it's hard to guard this guy with, you know, with the IQ of actually finding his players um, and getting them in the sweet spots. Uh, a couple of times he's, he's hitting people, um, you know, playing the point guard position, uh, Shamit for, you know, turnouts on, on, on three-point position. So it, it goes hand-in-hand hand where you can't really zone in on him because other guys are making huge plays as well, too. Yeah, and it's, it's great, obviously, bringing up Shamit and, you know, that was one of the big adjustments that Doc Rivers made from games one and two to game three. You know, we know Patrick Beverly, who's so important to this team, is still out with that calf injury. Doc made the move to, you know, put Landry Shamit in the starting lineup, move Reggie Jackson to the bench, and Shamit responded big time. Had a huge game, 18 big points, time. played great defense, uh, and really seemed like he meshed well with the starting unit. Ended up getting a lot of the, the closing crunch time minutes as well. He was a huge factor in that win for the Clippers. Yeah, he is, man. He he has a lot of energy, and it shows on the court. And um, he's definitely on the scouting, scouting uh, radar right now where they have to lock in and figure out how to stop this guy. You know, um, coming off the bench, um, he didn't have the minutes that he needed to, to perform like this. Now he's, what, 27 minutes now, and, and he's, he's effective, 18 points, and it's good, man. It's good for the Clippers to not lose what they had and actually gain more of a offensive presence um, besides Pat Beverly, you know, not playing. Yeah, it's more of a natural fit, right, with the starters. We know Reggie Jackson is, a, you know, a talented guy and a scorer, but just for what this starting unit is looking to do, you know, Shamit, you know, he's more of a runoff screens, catch and shoot, you know, catch and go type of guy, whereas we talked about it a little bit before we started recording. Jackson needs the ball in his hands more, which isn't really as conducive to the starting unit. And you throw in the, you know, the important added bonus of Shamit just being 
better and more aware defensively than Jackson is. It it was evident yeah. in this game from the start that their defense was was more locked in than it was in game two. Yeah, for sure. And don't get me wrong, Shaman is a great shooter, but he could put it on the floor. I think that third quarter he turned that corner and banged on uh, Porzingis. It was nasty, man. Okay. <laughs> that was that was impressive. I mean, hell, it, you know, to see that. <laughs> it was actually on uh, on our old friend Boban, who is even taller than Porzingis. So. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, that yeah, that was yeah, one of those awesome, moments. Man. Just watching it, where uh, out loud, I was like, oh, I didn't know. You know, we've seen Shamit dunk yeah. every now and again, but didn't know he had that to go up top on uh, on Boban. Yeah. That was something. With two hands, yeah, you got to go hard, yeah, for sure. Especially with a man like that, is Andre the Giant type. You got to go hard. <laughs> you can't go soft at all, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and that was another big adjustment, too, was, you know, game two, Boban, as we've seen, which, you know, out throughout his career and, and, and with his time with the Clippers a couple of years ago, uh, you know, when he is effective, he's extremely effective, and he had a huge game, too, uh, and we saw that was another adjustment from Doc Rivers and the Clippers coaching staff. They kind of matched the minutes of Zubats with Boban rather than having the much smaller Montrez on him, and, right. and, and that made a big difference, and Zubats played a lot more, and he was tremendous in that game as well and, and that adjustment really paid off yeah 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 he had a couple of steals a couple of blocks from him and uh the transition flowed well with that you know because a guy that size cannot get back in transition if you turn the ball over you know so that helped a lot for sure yeah and i think you know we've seen it and we talked when we had you know andrew greif of the la times on a couple of times just kind of the ever-growing importance of zubats and uh he, you know, it's really evident how much better the defense is when he's on the floor, and we saw him get rewarded with, you know, 30 minutes last night, 15 points. Uh, you know, for such a generic-looking big man, he moves extremely well defensively out on the perimeter near the basket. He's really been a huge factor for them, and I think we're starting to see the trust factor with him more with the coaching staff that he's now finally getting some of these crunch time minutes as well. Yeah, for sure. And and like you said, he's efficient. You know what I mean? The the very game where he had an outburst and he was perfect. I don't know what. Yeah, what 10, for he, 10, like 15 yeah. For 10 for 10. Yeah. Now, what did he do now? Like six for eight. So yeah. He's definitely efficient. And that's what they need for that, for those minutes and for that position, just to be efficient as possible and, and take what the defense gives you. You know, we are around great players that can contribute. Do the dirty work, pick up the slack, get rebounds. Had six rebounds, so he's doing his job at a high level too, as well. Yeah, I mean, the, really, the only place which, understandably, he might struggle a little bit is really with just kind of that unique matchup of Porzingis, where Porzingis will step out and shoot a thirty footer. But you know, that's tough. That's tough for any big man to get out to. But in terms yeah, of covering tough. the pick and roll, and you know, really challenging Luka Doncic at the basket, he did a tremendous job of you know, reading those screen rolls and being able to protect the rim, you know, with great efficiency for the Clippers in that game. Yeah, yeah. Luka Donis, he's a, he's a pro's pro, man, so it's hard to stop him. I think um, he had a sluggish game, and, you know, with that being said, um, I think he had a lack of, um, you know, ankle mobility. Uh, he twisted his ankle, like he said um, earlier. Uh, so that kind of played in a role for the Clippers at that point, you know, to get that win for sure, so going to see how long that's going to last um, next game if he's going to be able to play uh, moving forward but um, yeah he, he started off slow and then um, you know we didn't wait to him get his rhythm from Luka uh, did a great job Morris picking him up 24 feet of the court 
making sure that he turned all his energy, just turning him on, you know, bringing the ball up and stuff like that and getting the ball out of his hands as much as possible. So it helped this game. Um, those little things are huge for sure, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and you alluded to it a little bit there, but what was the biggest difference from the way they covered him in the first two games to the third where, you know, some of it's obviously him missing shots, but, you know, 42 points in game one, you know, dropped another 29 in game two, and then, as you said, this one, just 13 points, 4-14 from the field. What was the biggest difference in your estimation of how they covered him to, to make him, you know, really earn and, and struggle for those points in game three? Um, it goes hand-in-hand hand for sure. If, you, if you're if scoring at that level, um, you kind of think that you have the magic hand for sure, and you're not prepared for something that's going to change, and you think you're going to have that same, you know, outburst of games. So it kind of was shocking when they put a little bit more emphasis on him and uh, put a bigger body, such as his size, as Morrison, um, to pick him up and actually turn him, you know. So Morrison did a great job exerting his energy on defense, um, which helped, you know, his offense as well. So we didn't need him, Morrison, to get, you know, go crazy but you know he did a great job on defense 14 points on offense and that was the biggest thing you know a, a guy like Donich it's going to be hard to stop him um on a one-on-one basis he'll get to his spots big guard he can spin off you he does a lot of things um second game he did that with uh Pat Beverly he was trying to pick him up and try to turn him and he's just too small you know what I mean so uh, putting a big body on him really helped for sure, and that was that was the most important key. You can't stop both of these guys, Porzingis and Donich. Um, you can try to limit one. Porzingis had an out crazy crazy game, eleven for 18, 34 points. So um, it was it was you know it was in their favor to figure out who they were going to stop for sure. Yeah, and, and Marcus Morris, as you alluded to, has been tremendous in this series, and it, and it's funny because it's almost on cue you know we talked a couple weeks ago as we said to Andrew Greif and you know that was one of the main things he was looking for was if Morris could find his rhythm yeah he started finding it at the end of the the seeding games in the bubble and he's been tremendous in the playoffs you know of course never afraid to mix it up and get physical uh and then Mm -hmm. on top of that just playing good basketball on both ends of the floor instead of making three-point shots creating as another ball handler um and of course the defense he's done a great job Great job. Yeah, hats off to that guy for sure. Efficiency was off the charts. Did somebody say playoffs? The NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Whether you're like Charles Barkley and you want to bet the eight seed for a sweep, or you want to go with a little bit safer bet, doesn't matter. Bet Online has you covered. Take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. There is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. And, and we know that, you know, obviously Kawhi has been dominant. We talked about Morris, Shamit. A lot of guys shooting it well. One guy who is not uh, is Paul George, who, of course, is, is subject to a lot of scrutiny. He's had two really bad shooting games. Uh, he has you know, played well in other areas, rebounded the ball well, assisted well, defended well. But, uh, you know, we, I think we, I've asked you about this before in the past since you're a, you're a shooter. But when you're in a slump like that, what's, 
what does it take to, to kind of reset your mind, and especially in a playoff scenario now, to kind of get out of your head and just let the ball fly with confidence, which clearly Paul George is struggling with a little bit right now? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I think the biggest key that Paul George has, which is the blessing, is that he has a lot of cast that actually can pick up the slack, you know what I mean? Even if he's going to slump, they don't need him to be the Paul George of the Pacers to actually dominate at a high level. Yes, they do. But at this particular time, they didn't, and other guys stepped up. So that kind of gives you a lot of pressure relieved off of you if you're having a bad game and you're winning. So that's a that's a win-win, you know what I mean? So you just got to turn it around and just actually get some extra rest and forget about this game. Great thing about this whole situation is you're not traveling, so you got fresh legs coming into the game, the next game. And, um, it's, it's, it's you know, the ball's in your hand. These shots that you're taking, you make these shots every day. You know, so you just got to just clear your head. Don't worry about other things, you know what I mean? And just focus on the, the game ahead that's coming in next game. So I think that's the biggest thing because he's been dominating. He's been a hell of a job, you know. Um, so we're going to see what happens next. I'm pretty sure I, I know for a fact he's going to come in and be a little bit more aggressive, um, get into the free throw line first and not just – settling for threes because you you know eight threes which he normally shoots you know um is a lot especially in the slump of trying to get your game back by shooting eight threes you got to get to the basket you got to get fouled you got to see that ball going that hole a lot more and slow down the tempo and the pace so you can actually get your rhythm into the flow of the game yeah no i definitely agree and i think you know as you said the three-point shot still has to be a part of his game but you know like you said, the ability to, to get a layup, get to the line, see the ball going a couple times, and then you know step back out and expand that range would definitely help him out. And I think for for Paul George, it's just kind of letting go of a lot of the distractions. You know, obviously there was the whole Instagram beef with Damian Lillard, and then he put up a post <laughs> after you know after his game game two struggles when they lost about you know kind of not caring about the critics, and it, it, it's clear he's just you know letting this stuff affect him a little too much, and and. You can yeah. see it on the court normally where, especially what makes him so great, he's so smooth and can just get to wherever he wants. You see him kind of overthinking yeah. his own moves and just being kind of a step behind in his own head. So I think it's just for him mm-hmm. kind of letting go of that as well and, and just playing the game, letting it come to him rather than trying to force it. I think that's the key right there for sure, like you said. Um, it's, out, it's, be- it's bigger than basketball. Um, they do these things. They do this for a living for free. Um, before basketball, I mean, for the NBA. So that comes natural. I think there's a lot of things that play into it now. You're not with your family. You're not, you know what I mean? You don't have your routine, your normal routine. You're not in your own bed. These things, you're in this room that you're quarantined or whatever (laughs) for a long time waiting just to play basketball. You know what I mean? So it's a lot of factors that go into this. And then you get to Twitter thumbs or IG thumbs and you're just like <laughs> lost in the transition and trying to get beef and doing all this other crazy stuff, you know? So, um, sometimes you got to put that stuff down and just focus on, you know, recouping yourself, watching the game that you struggled in and the footwork that needs to be taking place to move forward. Yeah. So we'll see if we can do that in game four and, you know, yep. look, looking forward to game four, we mentioned it already, you know, Luka Doncic is questionable to play, so that's obviously a huge factor, you know, in the potential, a huge game, but uh, what do you think the Clippers need to do, regardless if Doncic is, is there or not, to to really take a firm grasp on this series? Because it's a real opportunity, you know, to go up 3-1 would pretty much 
put you in the big time driver's seat compared to you know letting it get to two two. I think it's a real chance for the Clippers to, as we said, get a real hold on this series. Yeah, I think to be honest and keep it short and simple, they got to do the exact same thing. They got to <laughs> hit the glass. They got to rebound like they did, and um, they just got to really attack the basketball and um, put their heads down. Um, I remember we said I, before the podcast, Doc Rivers did a great job, right? And, Mm-hmm. and actually playing these guys, too, as well. Yeah, I mean, we so. t- touched on it a little bit, but the the additional minutes for Zubats and the move to put Shamit in and play him at more minutes, I think you know the, the focus on the defensive side of the ball. You know, the Clippers clearly are going to be able to score. They put up 130. Um, you know, yeah. they have so much talent on that end. But, uh, you know, not necessarily taking guys out of the rotation, but switching the 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 minutes a little bit in favor of Shamit over Jackson, obviously Zoo over Trez, who's still working his way back. Uh, just putting more of an emphasis on the defensive side of the ball, I think is, is going to be a big time factor for them, especially in this particular series against, you know, like you said, an outside shooting team like Dallas, where they really like to move the ball and hit from deep. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have your runners for sure. Uh, runners got to run with runners and stuff. So, you got to put Pat Patterson to the side, Jackie Miller to the side, you know what I mean? <laughs> These old guys that don't have the fresh legs to actually get out there and compete. So um, rest these guys for the time being. They're going to be more efficient, you know, and ready to go for other games like this besides this one. Um, so Doc Rivers did a great job playing the guys that can actually, you know, compete with these guys. And they're a fast-break team, the Dallas is, and the Clippers are as well, so they got to be able to match that energy and speed more than anything. Yeah, and I think, like you said, matching it and, and just putting forth the you know the effort and in individual defense. Of course, you know the rotations and everything are extremely important, but you know that was one of the most obvious glaring differences from game two to game three. You know, game two, you expect guys like Luka Doncic to be able to get to the basket, but you know we saw you know Trey Burke and Tim Hardaway Jr. and and Seth Curry get by their defenders and get to the rim at will where normally their game is on the perimeter catch and shoot and not being able to blow by guys and I think in game three we saw you know just more effort and more pride in the one-on-one defense and and keeping those guys from getting past and getting into the lane and you know starting a lot of that dribble penetration that caused so many issues in game two yeah 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 although Steph Curry had a crazy game he had another great game yeah (laughs) he's definitely uh Curry, man, nine for eleven. He's cooking, man. So, yeah, it's, I mean the uh, the genes in that family. You know, I'm sure a lot of the younger people crazy. don't even don't even know that that Dell, the father, was an amazing shooter, and now you got the two sons. Yeah. You know, just lighting it up all over the court. Yeah, please go back and look at Dell. <laughs> he was he was a he was a sleeper, man, and uh, probably didn't have the range that these guys have. But I mean, he would turn that corner and knock that shot down with a blink of an eye, you know what I mean, with no hesitation. And, um, yeah, it just rubbed off on these guys, you know, so they definitely have the magic dust of putting the ball in the, in the hole from anywhere of the court. So, yeah, he's cooking right now. Yeah, he is. He's been incredible. And, you know, this is obviously a hypothetical. You know, Doncic, as we said, is questionable. I Personally, I think it would be tough for him to come back in that quick a turnaround. But, you know, saying he does not play in game four – how does that affect the game plan for the Clippers, who, of course, you know, are taking a lot of talent off the court? But we saw in Game Two, you know, 
he was out with foul trouble for a while, and Dallas actually extended their lead in that time. So how do you not take the Mavericks lightly and adjust your game plan if Doncic doesn't play in Game 4? Mm, that's a good question. Oh, man. Uh, I think the biggest thing right now is, is Doncic, is, he's, he's a triple threat guy. You know what I mean? So he's doing assists. 10, 10 assists, 10 rebounds. So these things and factors, somebody else has to pick up for sure. Um, and it also gives you the advantage to get more rebounds, you know what I mean, and get more stops because he's dominating the ball. So I would just put more pressure on, on the perimeter and lock into these guys like T. Burks and, and Curry and Hardaway a little bit more if uh, Donix doesn't play and um, actually post these guys up because these are small guards as well that I'm talking about. So um, it'll be a little bit more patience now. I think it'll be more of a, uh, you know, clipper basketball where you're actually playing to my rhythm now where we got big guards. We're posting you up a little bit more and getting you guys in foul trouble now, you know, because yeah. it goes hand-in-hand. Like, you got you have to guard somebody at the other end. Uh, Burks is a small guard. You got to guard somebody. Curry's a small guard. So if you're helping, we got shooters from left and right that knock down shots too as well. So patience is the biggest thing right now for the Clippers that's going to happen um, not rushing it and letting them come to them and making the right reads and that's another thing I thought they did really well in game three in particular is you know the guys you mentioned kind of going at them and making them either you know really work defensively or force help where they could kick out to open shooters or in the case of yeah. Don- Doncic as well you know he has such a load on him to carry the weight with a high usage rate They've been pretty much going at him or putting him in pick and rolls or in the post every single time that they can. We saw Jermichael Green get a couple buckets in the post on him. Yeah. We saw, yeah, you know, like yeah. them getting Doncic switched out on the perimeter on either, you know, Kawhi or Lou and just kind of going at him and making him work defensively, which, you know, could play into some of the, the poor shooting numbers for Doncic of just, you know, trying to tire him out essentially by making him work on both ends of the floor. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Yeah, it's true. Um, they're doing a perfect job, yep. That's definitely true. All right, so if you had to give us keys for game four, uh, what are your three keys for the Clippers to to take a 3-1 lead and try to, as we said, get a firm grasp on this series and, uh, you know, take control? Oh, man, I think the three keys are actually just, just um, not settling um, for the open three-point. You can have a, a advantage of actually attacking these guys from the perimeter drawing their bigs out if they're going to play these bigs um most importantly is this this been um efficient um a lot more on the glass and um second chance shots um, and that's going to be really huge for them and uh really slowing down and transition a little bit more um not rushing it and making sure you're getting the shots that you need um so those are the those are the main main keys i would say for sure uh just actually playing clipper basketball a little bit more paceful and um efficient making sure uh they pay at the other end of the floor of dallas on defense yeah so we'll look forward to what hopefully is a good game four for the clippers as they try to really take command of the series uh you know before we we wrap up alex uh what you know obviously playoffs going on around the league what else has caught your eye surprised you from the series going on outside of the Clippers series. You know, we got, of course, Portland and the Lakers 1-1. Utah with a 2-1 lead over Denver. A little bit of surprise there. Uh, just what have you seen yeah. from the rest of the playoff basketball around uh, the NBA? 
Yeah, I think I think more than anything, everybody's all all the eyes are on the Lakers and the and the Portland um, Derby right now. Um, I think that's the most exclusive thing that everybody's looking for. I think uh, <laughs> your guy uh, Charles Barkley said it was going <laughs> to be a sweep after Game One. Um, you're you're a fool for saying that, Charles, <laughs> because you got the best one of the best players in the league, if not you know in the world, um, on the court. So that's a stupid remark to say that. Um, but uh, then again, like it, it's that's one game that you definitely want to tune in and don't miss and record for sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously Portland with the, the big game one win, the Lakers responded big time with a, a blowout win in game two. So that's been that's been a really entertaining series. I think. Yeah. I think people feel similar about both series, with the Clippers and the Lakers, that. You know, two super talented teams that they're facing in Portland and Dallas with great offenses. But I think, you know, if both the Clippers and Lakers lock in, they have the ability to really defend where Dallas and Portland are, you know, not very good on that end of the floor. So, you know, if if the focus is there, both those teams should, in theory, be able to, to take care of business. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Another, another team is um, the Miami Heat as well. And... Um, I think that's a good good matchup too as well. They they put a lot of emphasis on that, and, and um, so I like those those matchups for sure in the East. Um, one team that's struggling right now is the Seventy Sixers, which is which is a slump. I thought they were really going to be you know uh, getting revenge from what happened to them in the playoffs. So they're trying to figure it out as well. Hopefully they'll figure it out sooner than later. Yeah, they gave away that uh, that game three and that. You know, of course, no one has ever come back from a three-zero deficit, so it's uh, they're they're up yeah. against it now, and of course, already missing Ben Simmons, uh, it's looking dire for Philadelphia for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, good basketball, man. I think um, the commissioner said it himself. He said um, it's great to see basketball at this level right now. I think the biggest thing is that these guys aren't traveling, so they have their legs, and um, it's really good to see them competing at a high level like this and you know for the same goal of trying to be a champion no matter what circumstances it is so we're getting a chance to see a great basketball a group of guys and um hats off to to uh these guys going at it man for real they're going they're going at it for sure at a high level yeah the basketball has been amazing and you know i said hats off to the guys for the incredible competition and hats off again to the league where you know another week gone by and again zero positive tests so you know the bubble has, yes. been, wor- has been working and it's uh, it's great to see yeah it's great yeah yeah all right so we'll look forward to a game four on sunday afternoon uh and we'll be back to to break that one down as well and and see how the clippers progress in the in the series but alex uh thanks as always for for talking some clipper basketball no for sure appreciate it thanks jess So that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. Five stars is always appreciated. And you can find us wherever podcasts are found as well. You can also go to Believe.com for not only this show, but hundreds of other shows here on Believe. So with that said, we'll look forward to Game 4 between the Clippers and the Mavs. 12.30 p.m. tip Sunday on ABC. See if the Clippers can try to take a 3-1 lead and prevent Dallas from tying it up 2-2. So we'll talk to you again. We'll have a reaction pod on Monday to talk about Game 4 and look forward to to Game 5, which will be on Tuesday as well. So we'll be back very soon here on the Believe Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in once again. 
here on the Bleed Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. <laughs> for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.